Hello and welcome to another episode of the Board Game Shenanigans Podcast, where we review the games we've been playing and discuss board game related topics. My name is Bob. And I'm Natasha. In this week's episode, we are going to be taking a look at the cooperative game Sky Team. And Natasha is going to be talking about sea salt and paper. And then in the discussion topic this week, we are going to be talking about playing games online. Last week, we discussed how you can play games without actually purchasing them. One of the things we talked about kind of a decent amount is playing games online and the different avenues to playing games online. So we're going to talk about what we like, what kind of games we like to play online, what kind of games we avoid playing online, that sort of thing. So I recently got a text from you, Natasha, and it was a picture. Yeah. And it was a picture of a bowling game that you had. And oh, you were yeah. So, you were so proud, and we know people like to know how your bowling's going. Why don't you let them know how it's going? I'm getting pretty good. I've gotten <laughs> a good ball. Yeah, I got it resized for my fingers, my hand. They measured me, and it's made a world of difference. I'm throwing it, I, and I finally got, I finally figured out how to throw it where it's got a nice curve to it. It goes right to the outside, next to the gutter, and then curves around and, and hits, hits right in the middle. I mean, not all the time, obviously. Sometimes now I'm like throwing a little bit more gutter balls because it will go into the curve or into the gutter. Yep. On the curve, but it's pretty good. And on practice, I got a high score of I think it was 156. That's my highest game I've ever bowled. But it wasn't a game, it was just practice. But this week, my average is around 100, just a little above 100, so I'm shooting for like 120. So my Two of my three games were right around that early, early 100, but I did get a 147, which is the highest I've ever bowled in a game. So in I'm league happy with play. That. In league play, yeah. Yeah. So I want to, my goal is to get up to like, or I can do 120 average. I think that's a realistic goal for me. But I think I'm I think I'm getting it. I'm getting better at throwing the ball, more consistent, so I have a better chance of getting a strike. Or I'm hitting, and I'm consistently hitting almost all the pins, you know, except for a couple. So I just need to get better at picking up those spares. And if I can be consistent on picking up my spares, I'll 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 get up there even higher. Yeah, consistency in spares is probably that's what you. I think you should probably take the most amount of time to practice that. But that said. Uh, you got somebody else in your family bowling nowadays, don't you? Oh yeah, Max is bowling. <laughs> How's he doing with it? He's bowling. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, he's gotten. Um, I've got him in a different position, like you know, where he's kind of more in a lunge position. He's got more stability. He can throw it a little straighter, so that's been better for him. Okay. So he's, yeah. He's improving, but some of those kids look pretty good bowlers that he plays with. It uh, it is a thing, like. Bowling parents teach their kids very young to be bowlers, mm-hmm. so yeah, I assume he's doing some sort of junior league. And yeah, it's yeah. just under eighteen. It's all it's a huge range of kids, and so it's nice they all have handicaps. So yep, you know it's it's really fun. Yeah, but yeah, they they do have some really young kids that um are you know you can tell they're going to develop into good bowlers. It's their thing early yeah. early at a young age. It's fun. I like doing it, and and I'm glad to see that i'm improving i think i'm my goal is to be the most improved bowler i don't know if that's an award that they give out they do give out awards in this league i don't know if that's an award but if it is i want it usually it is i think a lot if i remember correctly and i could be wrong keep that in mind but 
if I remember, it was what your average was last year compared to what your average ended up this year, and it's like most improved. It's based on percentage, maybe. But I, w- I didn't bowl last year, so. Well, then I you're didn't... ineligible. Yeah, I want to improve from the beginning of the league to the end of the league. I'm going to be so good at the end that I won't be able to get it next year. <laughs> so you're kind of you're going to be so good at this game by the end of it. I've been improving pretty good. I want to consistently improve is my goal. Yeah, I mean, it. you seem to be enjoying it. And anytime we talk about it, you seem like really happy playing or really happy bowling. Now, with the league, obviously, it's super long, you know, 30-some weeks. Yeah, it's How practically do you, the whole year. Yeah. Do you feel a certain kind of way about it or do you are you kind of more like, okay, yeah, you know what? I can see myself doing this for like 30 weeks. Yo, yeah, I'm in. I'm all in. You just every week. In. It's only once a week, and that's the only thing I have going on in the winter time. I don't have anything else that I'm doing. That's why so, bowling is fun. Is yeah, it's in the winter, and I bowl um, at least once for practice. At least once a week for practice. Sometimes twice a week. Nice. Look at you go, out there practicing. Oh yeah, I'll practice uh, when Max bowls on Saturday mornings. Because there's nobody there, and I'll just bowl by myself, which is the best way to practice because you can just bowl a ton, you know, obviously. Yeah, you can do whatever you want. Yeah, for sure. And Are you still nice. using house shoes, or do you get, did you get your oh, own? Oh, yeah, yet? I bought my own shoes. So right, my right. husband made a comment. He's like, you know, when you started playing softball, it took you like a solid year to like invest in some quality equipment. Like I bought myself a new bat, like a really good quality bat. And once I did it, like totally improved my batting by yep. a by a ton and he's like when you got into bowling it took you about about three or four weeks for you to invest into good equipment <laughs> i was like yeah i learned my lesson with softball like i was like the problem is i need a good ball and so i invested in a good quality ball got it resized to fit my fingers or jumped out i got shoes like the second week i was got shoes which d- doesn't help that much but the the ball has really made a difference and oh, now I my disagree. first I ball think the shoes make a ton of difference do they, they- I think so because at least from my perspective, you break them in and if you notice a lot of bowlers slide. So a yeah. bowling shoe, for those who don't know a bowling shoe, the front part of the bowling shoe is like a like a soft felt and it's very it can slide and then your heel is usually some sort of rubber. Some and so the way you go is you slide on your forward foot and then when you're ready to stop, your heel lands and then causes you that friction causes you to stop. And I've bold like bowling in house shoes like shoes that the bowling alley provides if you take your shoes now and go and get some house shoes you're going to be like this is i can't it's going to be completely different just because now those shoes are going to be acclimated to you you break them in there's a certain break pattern that you have with that felt and there's a and especially with like the rubber on the heel i don't know what kind you got but a lot of times when you get i got the good good quality So one one shoe is all rubber and the other one is so just one is felt and rubber, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. So I think it makes I think it makes a lot more difference than what people give them credit for. Hmm. Yeah, I me. I bought shoes right away because there was one guy who when he bowls he like he slides forward and he looks really cool doing it and I was like I want to do that so that's why I bought the shoes but I still don't slide very very much but um the, the biggest thing is my ball and now like my my first ball that I had, it doesn't have the core in it. That's what I use for spares. Mm-hmm. The finger holes are in the right spot, but they're really wide. You know, and I didn't it didn't bother me until I got my new ball 
drilled for my size fingers. And I, now I need this old ball drilled so that it's the same. <laughs> how far you've come. Mm-hmm. I'm so how far you've come. I'm so proud of you. Oh, I'm so you. proud. Look at you getting into bowling. Pretty soon you're going to give up softball and start No, I'm not giving up softball. I love softball. <laughs> you, you stop it, you. Uh-huh. That's hilarious. All right. How about we get into discussing some games, shall we? Yeah. All right. So this week I want to talk about Sky Team, which is a two-player cooperative game designed by Luke Rumman and art is by Eric Hibbler and Adrian Reeves, and it's published by Hatchet Board Games. So in this game, you and your partner are the pilot and co-pilot of an airplane trying to control the flow of traffic at an airport as well as preparing your plane for landing. So this is a cooperative game where both players are going to be making decisions with dice without communicating. The way the game is played is both players will get a set of dice and they'll roll them. Then they're going to be going back and forth. Each player will be placing one of their dice onto the main board until all their dice have been played. The goal of the game is basically to prepare for landing by controlling your axis, the way your plane is tilted, the engines, making sure you control your engine speed. You need to radio ahead in order to clear some of the traffic out. You need to make sure your flaps are engaged. You need to make sure your brakes are there and that your landing gear are out in order to safely land the plane. Each player is going to be in charge of controlling a couple functions, but overall the plane will be affected by playing and combining each player's dice. So for example, you if for the access, you're going to basically look at whoever has the higher die result. Whoever has the higher die result, the plane's going to tilt towards that die. And the goal is to make sure your plane is level before you land. So the game will be played over a certain number of rounds, and by the end, you need to make sure your flaps, access, landing gear, and speed are all a certain level. Otherwise, your plane will not land successfully. That, for the most part, is the game. You're going to be rolling the dice and then using the dice basically to manipulate the board. I think what makes this game fun is the unique theme. I've talked quite a bit about how I enjoy games that have unique themes. And this is one of those unique themes where you're, you know, you're controlling a plane and there's a lot of things that are thematic about it. Like you're controlling the axis. You need to make sure, you know, your plane's level. You need to engage your flaps. You need to, you know, put down your landing gear. You need to adjust your your engine speed in order to land according to your brakes. The one thing that I will say that lacks the thematic element is the fact that you cannot communicate with your partner. Mm-hmm. Now that said, if you could communicate with your partner, the game would not be fun. Like you just be, be like, interesting, yeah. It just you would you'd be able to win every time because you'd be able to discuss where you're going to be placing the dice. And the fun is not knowing what the other player has because you roll the dice behind the screen, you know. And you know, two of the two, at least two of the spots which are mandatory actions, which is, you know you need to you're going to be doing something with the combination of the two dice. And the thing is, you don't know like what you're going to get. So sometimes you have to just like uh, hope your partner plays something. Yeah. So. We each have our own, you know, depending on if you're a pilot or co-pilot, you each have your own goals that you need to work on. And then on top of that, you need to be accomplishing both getting, you know, clearing out the planes that are on the landing. And then there's two spots that you have to put your dice and you either, um, one of them, you take the difference between the two and that's what causes you to tilt. And the other one, you add them up and that's what causes you to get closer, you know, not as close to the landing. Yep. So those numbers in combination, the difference or the the adding them together is what matters. So I think the game, like the heart and soul of this game is really what does my partner have 
And what do I have and how can I support my partner? Like if I have like crap, I need to get it out there soon. So my partner can make up for that. Where if I have like a really like decent, like variety, few choices, then my partner, I'm hoping my partner gets out there and puts the information out what he has. So that way I can then fill in the gap to make it be what we need to. So I think this, the heart and soul of this game is really what information do you want to get out first? And what do you, information by giving you, letting your partner know, and then trying to figure out what your partner has based on what they play first. Yeah, you're holding on to the dice that you know you, you that you have some flexibility with, but you also want to put down the dice that, like like you said, you know, the, my, I need to net, let my partner know, like this is the best I'm going to be able to do in the axis. So it's up to them to figure it out. There is yes. some dice uh, mitigation within the game. So you do get uh, a reroll to start, and then as the game progresses, you're going to get an additional reroll. You can place uh, dice in a certain spot to get coffee cups, and the cup of coffee basically allows you to add or subtract one to a die, so there is a little bit of mitigation. You don't get it right away. You have to invest dice in order to get those types of things. Um, so there's a lot of little things you're managing. You need to make sure you know the planes are, are cleared. You need to make sure you're approaching the airport, making that sure that thing comes down. You want to engage your flaps and you want to engage your uh, landing gear because that ultimately, you, like, you need to get it. And there's certain dies or certain results on dice that will activate those pieces. But the more you activate it, the harder it's going to be in order to progress towards the airport, moving that little, you know, the airport thing up and down. So there's a lot of little things you're managing. And I will say that this is from the perspective of the base game. So one of the things that I think they've done a good job with is they've included a ton of variability within the game. So you get different airports that are going to have different amounts of airplanes on them. They're going to give you some additional things like there's an additional die you can use. There's a bunch of little modules and different things to expand the difficulty. But at the end of the day, this is a game where you're rolling dice and just trying to figure out what you can do with those dice. I think it's all about like giving information to your partner and your partner trying to deduce like what information you're trying to give by these dice. Yep. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't matter if you're going the difference. It doesn't matter if you, if we both, you know, if we have a one, if we would both have ones, cause that's a zero difference there. But I don't know that my partner has a one, you know? And so it's risky, but if my partner has a three, there's like, okay, there's, you know, it's only going to be a, a swing of three at most, you know, or if I'm the one that has a three, so I'm not so worried about it. So I think the the fun and the strategy and the, the interesting thing about this game is going to be like tr getting to know your partner, trying to find ways of like, what does playing that dice there mean? That means that he's got some flexibility with that middle dice. Okay. I won't worry about it. I think that's really what the, I think the interesting thing about this game is. Yeah, managing the pieces and deducing what your your partner is going to play. I am somewhat curious, specifically from your perspective, because this this game has has a couple of things. One, it's cooperative, which you don't necessarily like. You don't like cooperative games where you can play by yourself, and this is a game you obviously cannot play by yourself. Yes, this qualifies. This qualifies for a cooperative game that I would enjoy because. I, I have to figure things out. We're not just talking and like coming up with the solution together. Yep. So it's a style of game, cooperative game that I like. 
that you should like, right? Is if, mm-hmm. if there if there's gonna be a cooperative style game, this would be the kind that you would like. Yeah, this is the type that I like. Yeah, this is the style of game that I like. Well, and it's interesting too because in some ways you take the crew, which is again a cooperative style game where information is not conveyed. You're not able to talk about the the hand or the tricks that you're going to be taking. In that game, you and I often argue about there's a correct way to play and a not correct way to play. Mm-hmm. You know, like you'll be like, you shouldn't have thrown that. You should have thrown this. And I'll be like, that was that's dumb. You sh- don't throw that. You throw this to pull this out. And then you're like, oh, yeah, like, you're right. Yeah, Bob. but I threw that card to give you that information that I have this card, which means that I don't have this other card. Usually, you know what I mean? The fun of the crew is like figuring out what other people have and how to yes. get it out of their hand. Yep. And, and I, I love the crew. It's my one of my favorite games of all time. Side tangent. So, do you like playing the crew with people who aren't familiar with trick taking games? No, they're terrible at it. It's awful. It's, yeah, it's, it's not great. even it's a non-starter. <laughs> it's yeah i know i we uh we i can't remember when we played the crew we played the crew and we were playing with somebody that's not familiar with trick-taking games at all and it i could just, just doesn't see like it. trick-taking games yeah. yeah and i just saw you get irritated and trying to explain to them how it's supposed to be actually played and i just sat back and just was like this it is what it is like i don't know what to tell you you, you either play trick-taking games and you know or you don't play trick-taking games and you don't know and you cannot be taught. Like you just have to experience like playing trick-taking games to know all these rules while playing trick-taking games. And then the crew, of course, flips it completely on its side yep. by being a cooperative game. It's genius game I, and I love it. And and I think this has got some similarities in that, you know, it's got dice. So yep. you really could have one through six is what really what you could have. So there's not a mid of cards where I know that I have the blue six. You can't have it. Like there's yes. no... There's no deduction from that. So it's not quite like that, but it is very much like, okay, we both have to go here. The differences of the, or adding them together matters, you know, and, and, but I also like, you know, want to be there for my partner to support them and like whatever they play, I want to, you know, fill in those gaps. So that's, I think the interesting part about this game. Yeah. Sometimes you are setting, you're placing a die to get a cup of coffee to help your partner out. And sometimes you're mm-hmm. placing a die to uh, to get a cup of coffee so you can place in a spot that you need to place, but mm-hmm. your partner doesn't know that. And then they take the cup of coffee and you're like, oh, man, I needed that. Yeah. Or, or am I, maybe I have a three, so I'm like, I'm good. I can get this cup of coffee and then I'll either be, I can do two through four, which means I can support you, whatever you're going to play, you know, so that I might do that to give myself some flexibility to, to then say to you, communicate to you without saying it, you go first and I'll fill in whatever you need, you know? So I, I think that's interesting. Yeah. And I, and I like, I do really like cooperative games where you need to figure out what the other person is doing. And limited communication, I think is what I really enjoy with cooperative games, even though I'm a big fat cheater when it comes to limited communication. Yeah. You're the, you're I'm cheater. Like the McCheaterton. You, yeah. I mean, are we talking still about games or just in general? I mean, I I don't know how other time in my life I would cheat about communicating. No, I'm talking about you being the worst, but um oh. <laughs> just games. I'm not the worst in real life at all. Like there's nothing I'm the worst at in real life. It did that one just flew except over for, your head. See what I did for, there? Like, catching on to people it teasing flew, me. Flew, yeah. flew over your head, Sky Team flying over your head. Okay, co pilot, yeah. co pilot. It's fine. Yeah. 
We can. It is on. funny. It is hilarious. Okay, so we talked about the game. Natasha, what do you think? What are you going to rate it? Um, I'm going to give it a seven. I enjoyed it. I enjoy the thinking like, okay, what does my partner have? Like that to me is the fun of the game. The die rolling. It's not so much like the numbers that come up. There are certain numbers that you specifically need, but you've got time to get them. So that's fine. Um, so I don't mind like, let's roll the dice and see what happens because it's not, it's not like you roll the dice and like win or lose. You roll the dice and then you're like, okay, I'll play this there. If you can play something similar there, like based on what you have. So I like it. I don't love it. I don't find it terribly interesting and and puzzling and and like something I'm going to jump at and play, but I enjoyed it. Won't be my favorite game of all time. Got it. Um, I'm coming in at an eight and part of my rating, if I'm being honest, is the expansion material. So playing the base game, it's, it's basic for lack of better terminology. It's, it's a very basic game and it, it does a very good job of giving you, allowing you to learn how those dice interact with each other when you're placing them on the board. But for me personally, having played some of the expansion content, and adding some additional challenges into that, I think it's it gives you a more robust experience. So that said, if it was just the base game, I might say like six and a half because it's almost like your decisions in some ways are kind of made for you. And the more challenges you add, the more aircrafts you need to take care of, the, the more different things like that that you need to do, it helps you know, take the game to almost a next another level for me. Uh, that said, like, who's this game for? There's a game I when I played it, it made me think of it, and it's Deep Space D6, which is uh, it's an app, but it if I remember correctly, they also released it. It was in this like kind of old school kind of box. It's a solo game where you roll dice, and then based on what you have with the dice, you need to just do stuff. And sometimes you're just gonna simply win or lose based on how you roll. And in this game, sometimes that's just the way it is. Like you're going to roll some dice and if you get some really crappy rolls, like you're just going to have to figure it out. You have usually enough time that it should hopefully average itself out, but sometimes you just get screwed over. It's just the way it is. You and your partner just roll both crappy and it is going to be what it is. Like if you can be okay with that and still play, I think this is a cool game. I think the theme's fun. I think they did a really good job of throwing a bunch of extra content in the box, which I really like. And it's because of that content that I'm giving it the rating that it is. Because it gives me more things to think about than just the basic, okay, I need to make sure these are gone, these are gone. There's so many other things that are factoring in. The randomness of the dice didn't bother me because like, there was only a few times where I'm like, okay, I really need a six, but I have four dice. So the odds of me getting a six are pretty high. I need a six and I need a low number, for example. Yep. To to make sure I'm safe. But the odds of getting a six are pretty high. And if I can't get a six, I got to re-roll. If I, you know, and, and I also have those coffee cups that I can use to add a pip on there. So, like, I have a really good chance of getting what I need. And therefore, I like that. You know what I mean? As long as there's a chance for me to get. But if it came down to it where I roll the dice and I just need to roll a six to win the game, that would bother me. Sure. Yeah. But that's not the instance. This is the type where there's mitigation. There's interesting decisions. Like, you can make do with what you got. Yeah, I think if you like chucking dice and having like a cooperative experience with a kind of a cool, unique theme, I think this is a this is a pretty decent game, at least from my perspective. So I enjoyed it. Yeah, that is Sky Team. 
Okay, next up I want to talk about a little tiny card game by Pandasaurus Games. It's called Sea Salt and Paper. It's designed by Bruno Catala and Theo Riviere. And the art is by Lucienne Durain and Pierre Ives Gallard. Uh, it's a lovely looking little card game that the art is really lovely. It's it's pictures of origami, so it's super, super cute. It's got a ocean theme. So in this game, every turn you're going to get a card. You can either draw two off the top and pick one. You discard the other one on one of the two piles sitting next to it, or you can pick, take either of those cards sitting next to it. So you essentially get two choices. You know, choice A or B, choice one is picking in one of those two piles. And then the other choice is to draw two cards and keep one, discarding the other one. So it's available for people in the next round. Um, If you get a set, there's like uh, three or four different ways you can uh, cards that if you get a set of them, then they give you a bonus. Like it lets you draw another card, lets you steal from somebody else, lets you pick a card from one of those face up piles. And when you get a set like that, you can take that action and then you, it's worth one point. The set is worth one point. Then there are other ways you can score points. So you can score points by set collections or seashell uh, collections. There's other various ways you can collect cards to get points. There's four mermaid cards in the deck. If you collect all four of them, you uh, immediately win the game. And then at any point in the game, if you have seven points, from the cards you've played out in front of you to either claim those bonuses, and those are one point a piece, or one point per set, or cards in your hand. If at any point you have seven points, you can you can say, okay, game over, or you can go last chance. If you go last chance, then everyone can then gets one more turn. You'll end up scoring points based on your highest um, color of cards that you have. So if you have like a bunch of blue cards, you might want to do that so that way you can score those. But otherwise, if you just end the game and everyone just counts up their points and you tally up your points and then you play another round you continue playing until i think somebody reaches 30 points and then that triggers the end of the game whoever has the most points wins um i like that the car the game comes in a really small box it's just a regular sized cards you know like a deck of cards and it comes in a box that's slightly bigger than like a plain card box like a plain card box is really thin this is like a higher quality deck so it's a really nice small box the art is really gorgeous. The card quality is not great. It's paper, like paper cards. I don't like that. I prefer linen cards. Um, but the gameplay itself is just really not interesting. You Ugh. get a choice of two cards. You pick one. And the points that you get just are very minimal. And so it's just not fun. Like there's nothing fun or exciting about it. I find it found it very bland, not terribly interesting. We never did the last go around, so maybe there was some interesting things about that. I found it took a while to even get to seven points. I was never even called it because I never even got to seven points. And I can't say that I was playing it bad because I really just can either take one of the face up cards or draw from the top of the deck. It I found it completely lackluster. I was really disappointed by it. Because I just thought that artwork was so cute. I wanted to play it. Yeah, that sucks because it's a Bruno Cathala game. Mm -hmm. And normally I really like his stuff. Yeah, you know? I don't know. It was just not interesting. I really like small card games. I can throw them in my purse. I can take them anywhere. I Usually they're easy enough to teach where I could get whipped out and play it. So like, I thought that'd be a, a decent one. But when it comes down to it, I'd almost rather just play Uno. You know? Oh, okay. Because that's kind of what it felt like, except for Uno's a little bit more exciting because you get to go, ha, ha, draw four. 
That's, I just pictured that's exactly how you say it. Ha <laughs> ha, draw four. <laughs> <laughs> I do like, I do, I used to play that when I was a teen. Um, I used to play a speed version of Uno where you could at any point cut and play. If you had exactly the same card that was face up, you could cut and play that card. So you had to like actively be engaged. And if anybody played a zero, you had to put your thumb on your forehead and whoever's the last person to do it had to draw a card or something stupid. Um, and then you get points and that playing Uno is like fun. Like I like Uno. I play it still with my son all the time because it's quick, easy to get out. You just get the cards out, you shuffle, you deal, you play, you know, and it's usually quick. Sometimes it can go on, but especially better with like a larger group and like keeping score and going round around. But th- I'd rather play Uno than this. So, mm. I mean, my opinion of Uno is higher than probably most people's opinion of Uno, but yeah, I think I so. Yeah. I didn't, I mean, I think I'd give Uno like a five or a six. That's how much I like it. This I'm coming in at a four. It was and only a four because of the artwork. It was just not interesting. Okay. You just didn't get very many choices. Then you didn't get very much to do. And the whole thing kind of felt boring. So I really don't even think I'd recommend it to anybody. I would say if you're looking for a quick card game, just play Uno. Except Uno or, Shuffle, right? Is that the yes. one that... <laughs> Uno Showdown. Showdown, my bad. Worst game ever made, which is kind of like Uno Attack, where like it basically randomly shoots cards at you. So if you like Uno, but you think, man, this is way too short, it should really just go on forever, Uno Showdown <laughs> or Uno That's Attack is for, for you. you. <laughs> oh, my God. I hate that game. That's a bum deal to hear about sea salt and paper because it, like I said, normally I like Bruno Cathala's stuff. Um, yeah. And sometimes so those simple card games are always kind of nice because especially at the end of the night, you just play, you can play a bunch of rounds of a card game and be done. But I just, yeah, I feel like deal. I was missing something. Like, am I playing this right? Like, it just kind of feels very flat. And I, I mean, I don't think it was terribly offensive. Like, it, it was, it was certainly better than doing nothing. But even no, I wouldn't even say that because I'd rather have a fun conversation. I just I I can't really recommend it at all to anybody. It all was right. although it wasn't bad. If people liked it, I could be like, okay, yeah, I guess you might like it. But it's not even simple. It's kind of the scoring is kind of weird, and complicated. So it's not even like simple. So yeah, no, skip it. That's gonna be a no from me, dog. Yeah, it's got a rating of seven point four, and I'm surprised. BGG. Oh, yeah, I don't know. So maybe like other it. people like it. So maybe, maybe, maybe people like it. Maybe it's just me. All right, that's sea salt and paper. Um, you could skip it. Get it out of here. All right, that's gonna wrap up the games we're talking about this week. We are gonna take a quick break, but when we come back, we're going to be talking about playing games online. All right, welcome back. So I bought a subscription to BGA, Board Game Arena, and I've been playing, and I've been like inviting my friends to play with me, setting up games, and then I've been accepting, like you guys have been inviting me to more games, and I'm getting better at like taking my turn and playing it, you know, quickly, and I keep it open on my computer so I can, you know, get in there and play all the time. I don't, I still don't like playing on my phone, but we can get into that. Okay, so... When I talk about playing board games online, I'm mostly talking about 
board game arena, but I also like apps. In fact, I like apps the best because board game arena is definitely not made for your phone. Here's my problems with board game arena. It's not made for your phone. And then they give you an email every time it's your turn, which is super inconvenient because like, then you end up getting a whole bunch of emails. So then you're like, Oh, that email that I, is that for my last turn or did I already respond to that? I don't like it. I, I like, um, like an update, you know, but it's not an app, so it doesn't work like an app. So it's not quite the same as like playing an app on your phone. Yeah, the email thing. Typically, you get one. E- I get at least for me, I get one email, and then if I um, more turns come up for me, I just the I get the one email. Like I got the one email saying, "I hey, you have a turn on this mm-hmm. game," and then like I could get turns on the other games, and I only get the one single email. But if you keep it open, you know, on your computer or whatever, not during work hours. If any of your employee, any of your you know coworkers are listening, she doesn't do it during work hours. No, then, even though that's the only time I sit at my computer. But yeah. But like, if you keep it open, then you're not going to get those types of things. I do want to backtrack this a little bit because we're we're talking about playing games online, okay? And or playing like digital, let's say digital games, because that encompasses apps, right? Mm-hmm. So playing games digitally, board games digitally. One of the things we talked about is how you can play games without you know, buying the games. And we, we talked a lot about board game arena cause it's the avenue we like to do. We like to play, but there's also like tabletop simulator and tabletopia. So there's a bunch of, there's a bunch of digital versions of games, but you're manipulating the pieces. And I think the thing that I like specifically about playing games online or the app versions is the accounting of the things that need to be accounted for are taken care of. Yes. So in those simulator games, you it's like they threw all the pieces in the simulator. It's like you're playing a 3D in a 3D world where you th- you have to it's like you're playing an actual game. You have to move your piece, you have to take your money, like it's not all done for you. Th- Virtual those, reality. Yeah, no. Out completely. 100%. I will not play those. I would much rather play like I have a I no, I'm not manipulating virtual reality. I'd rather play real real game in person or a game with like an app or like an app like simulation of the game where you click the button and it gives you your money. You click this to make this turn. You're picking what you want to do. Yeah. I'm only talking about those. I'm not even going to go down that other rabbit hole. It is interesting to me because those platforms are so big how people really enjoy playing those things and how they are interacting with them. I know there's quite a few people who, who love the tabletop simulator tabletopia. They got, they'll purchase, you know, games specifically for that. And I just, I've tried it and it just, oh man, it's so, it just takes so much extra time because you have to learn them. And I think if I took enough time to be able to interact with that stuff, I, it would be better and I wouldn't be as sour about it. But I also don't know if I necessarily want to because of what else is available. Board Game Arena is available. I talk, we talked about Yukata, which is another one that I know our group uses quite a bit because Steam. of the types of... Yeah, so there's a ton of different options. I'm curious in the audience real quick. If you use, if your preferred method is like Tabletop Simulator, email me. I'm curious like what it is you love about it because I just can't seem to get into playing games on there. 
No, me neither. So the first the first game I ever tried playing online was Dominion, and it had a website, and you could go and play it. And I wanted to play because I wanted to play all the expansions because I didn't have them at the time. And I tried playing it because I was like, I'm going to learn all the expansion and read the cards. And I got yelled at by these strangers, play faster, play faster, because I was like reading the cards. And it totally turned me off from any kind of internet playing playing online with strangers because I'm so afraid that I'm going to like screw it up and do it wrong and get yelled at and people will be mean to me. So I've like actively avoided any kind of online play. So my first dip into like digital games have been apps that I buy. I usually buy one or two when I go on a trip. So I have something to do on the plane. And I really enjoy that. I also read a lot of audiobooks. Sorry. I also listen to a lot of audiobooks. And at the Thank end of the you. day, when I'm listening, I like to play a mindless game. So I do play a lot of digital games. I like the apps. Um, but I have been getting into playing Board Game Arena because I can play with friends. So there's no internet strangers to to yell at me. So I like that. And <laughs> You'd rather just get yelled at by your friends? <laughs> that's fine. I can handle that. Internet strangers... Oh. No, but uh, I, okay. So what kind of games do I like to play online versus in person? And I think, I think there's really one factor that comes down to it. Mm-hmm. Like heavy bookkeeping games that are, have a lot of bookkeeping, a lot of like rules that you have to remember and a lot of manipulation of pieces. Like anything that I would consider fiddly is a great online game. However, the one thing that like takes it off from online where I'm like, no, I don't like playing it online is where there's a ton of turns. So like where you go around the table, think of like Stone Age, Isle of Cats, where you're constantly going around the table. Like you get to do one thing. 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 And there's maybe like you got 10 times each round. Those games like are they're difficult. They're not difficult to play. They just take a really long time. I really like games. One of the, I think, a great game to play online would be like Hadrian's Wall. Turns, you do so much on your turn, and everyone can just do that at the same time. So you're not waiting for other people very often. There's a ton of bookkeeping in that game. And like this game, like it highlights all the things that you can do based on the resources that you have. It makes sure you cross everything out, that you're doing everything correctly. You're following these rules because it's a really complicated game. But you can play it over like, I think it's like maybe six rounds of the game. So everyone has to pick their card and then everyone takes their turn. So there's 12 total times like you're logging in and taking a turn. And I love that. Yeah. So something like Hadrian's Wall is nice. The one thing I will say, if I had a criticism specifically about Hadrian's Wall, is the fact that sometimes you get things from other players and you won't get those things until that player has finished their turn. So sometimes you'll get like stone. Well, if I really needed four stone and all of a sudden I get one random one and I had three this entire time and I just use it for something else, then it like I'm just kind of like, obviously I would get a piece of stone. But that mm-hmm. said, it, like as far as the streamlined gameplay, yeah, it, it takes care of all that accounting. All I have to do is make my decisions as to what I want to cross off on those sheets. And like mm-hmm. you said, it's very, it's quick. So you're not necessarily constantly logging in, taking additional turns. Another game that I think of that does uh, does something that I love how quick it is is like Seven Wonders. It's mm-hmm. it, like playing online. You can play a game in minutes. You're playing a game for like two or three minutes. It, it, as long as everyone's like on pace and playing the game fast, 
And the thing is, it tells you like, you can't afford this card. You can afford this card. Like you don't have to pay attention to what, uh, you know, what you resources you have. Like it'll tell you like these cards are available. These cards are not like, what mm-hmm. do you want to do? If you're going to pay who you're going to pay, like you can pay this person or you can pay that person, you know, it'll tell you how much the card's going to cost if you really want that card. So those, that type of game is fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like, I, I have been enjoying, I've been enjoying playing online games a lot lately. It gives me just a little bit more gaming time, which is really nice. It lets me explore games that we don't own, which is great. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, you still have to learn it. So like in Board Game Arena, you have to take the time to like learn the game. A lot of them just have a rule book, which I don't like, opposed to like an app that usually has a tutorial or some kind of like guide to walk you through the game. I still yeah. like app playing the best, you know, and I usually play apps against like just the robot and the AI. So as long as there's a decent AI, I, I, I enjoy that a lot. Well, a game like Through the Ages, A New Story of Civilization, I played quite a bit on the app, and I think it does a really good job. The problem is, like, you're playing against bots, and that, to Mm -hmm. me, is not nearly as fun as playing against real live opponents. Mm -hmm. So with that, yeah, apps apps are cool. The problem I have is apps can get expensive. You know, like yes, a subscription to Board Game Arena is going to cost. I don't. Rem- I don't remember how much it is. It's it like, just auto renews. It's for like thirty six dollars a year. It's a little bit more if you pay monthly, something like that. So, t- like, yeah, I guess technically, if you broke down apps, if you bought like three apps or whatever, and they're ten bucks a piece, like there it is. But Board Game Arena has access to so many different games, and the really only. The only real reason why you would need an actual subscription is so you can initiate games. If you have a free subscription and you have somebody that has a membership, they can basically do the game. You just have to be like, hey, start this particular game. There's some mm-hmm. games that are free, other games that you have to be, you know, quote unquote, premium member in order to actually play. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think. Apps can get pricey, but compared to a board game, they're a fraction of the price. So if you have a board game that your friends don't like to play, but you are interested in it, an app is a great way to go. Like, you know, Root is a great game because a lot of people aren't going to be able to play Root. They're not going to want to play Root. It's got it's a really good app. It's it's pretty pricey for an app, but it's a fraction of the price of, of a board game. And if you don't think you're going to play it with your friends and it's not worth going out and buying, but you still want to experience this game. An app is a great way to go. Yep. I agree. Let's get into some more specifics. So let's talk about games. We, I don't want to say prefer playing online, but we Mm -hmm. enjoy or will naturally say I'd rather play this online. Like what types of games are those? I like games that are a little bit on the lighter side. I really like lighter games. I, I don't like playing a like a super heavy game that's a favorite of mine that I can get really good at really fast if you play if you play a really heavy game online and you play it a ton you get really good at it so I try to avoid doing that because then I won't play the game in person ever anymore or if I do I'm really good and and then people don't enjoy playing with me so I avoid that unless it's a game that I just don't play in, in in person then that's fine um, so I like the lighter games. Um, I like just anything that doesn't have a lot of turns is really the only thing that I, you know, that I look for in an online game. It was funny because thinking about this topic, I was like, well, what kind of games am I naturally going to gravitate towards? 
and it's game dependent, but I think the overall idea is turns are simple, accounting's difficult. To go back to that Seven Wonders example, mm-hmm. in Seven Wonders, the accounting of it is the part that's difficult. Okay, do I have the resources I need? If I don't have the resources, does uh, either opponent to the left or right of me have the resources I need? How much is it going to cost me? All that accounting is taken care, taken care of. So all I really have to do is make the decision of what card do I want to draft? You mm-hmm. take a game like Tia Tawakin, where you're simply moving a die and then activating the spot you're in. It's it, You would call it fiddly. I don't necessarily think that it's fiddly. I think there's a lot of other things going on within the game. Like you do something on, you take care of the temple, then you're going to move up this track. If you ascend a die, you're going to move up the additional track. Those are things you no longer have to worry about. And if you're moving up specific tracks, it makes you click on it and then it makes you make the decision on it. So really, you want to move a die? Okay, I'm going to take this die and move it here. Done. It's not as... Turns are simple where the account is difficult. Fiddly. You don't have to worry about the fiddliness of it. I don't think that game's fiddly, but that's... I mean, we've gone, we've gone a- back and forth on that game, but that's what I'm saying is like that type of game is for me, like I... I have the physical version, but I tend to just play it more online because it's it. First of all, it's easier to get out. I don't like it's I don't have to set it up. I don't have to do any sort of setup. I can just play. It's it's a little bit better for me. Yeah, I can see that for sure. I definitely see that. I, I don't like heavier games online. I don't know why. I think it's because heavier games require a lot of thought. And when I play when I'm playing a lot of those turn based online games, we you take a turn and then you kind of go on with your life and you come back to it a half an hour later, yeah. take another turn. Yep. I, d- I don't like anything that's terribly heavy because that require a lot of pre painting because I forget what I was going to do. And I and then I come back to it and it's all kind of fresh. So I like the I, I tend to like simpler games that don't require all that, that are more reactive and, and less pre-planning. I also don't like ones where you have to like the really big play area that you have to scroll around the screen. You can't see everything on one screen, you know? Sure. I will say when it comes to playing games online, to to flip side of the coin, talk about games I do not like playing online. Specifically, you already touched on it, like favorite games. So, for example, Great Western Trail, my favorite game of all time. I love that game. It's available on Board Game Arena. The first edition and uh, the updated first edition, they're both available. You can even do it with you know, the expansion. I've played it online a few times, and I just don't want to keep playing it that often. I enjoy it, but I I do it sparingly because I still love that game. So I love playing it, but at the same time, I don't want to play it so much that I don't want to play it anymore. Mm -hmm. And I find that I've done that with certain games online. And one of the examples I can think of is Grand Austria Hotel. I loved that game. And, you know, Jeremy, Chris and I have played that game a ton on Yukata. It, I, I don't believe it's available on Board Game Arena. So we've played it on Yukata. And two things. One, the reason why I like playing it on Yukata is I can walk away because that game is incredibly long if you're playing it more than two players. You could spend so much time waiting for your turn. And re- so I enjoy playing that on online because I take a turn, I'm done. When it's my turn again, I'll come back. Mm-hmm. No big deal. But I pl- I've played it so much that I just don't know if I want to play it anymore. 
And I'm if am I going to play the you know a physical copy? Probably not. Same thing with Voyages of Marco Polo, another game that I loved. I played it so much online that I just don't care to keep the physical version anymore. Mm-hmm. It just it's like a, why? It's a great way to experience a t- a lot of game, and yeah, you can play a game and. F- get over it that's completely fine to do you can take a favorite game of yours play it a hundred times go okay i've played it i've explored it as much as i possibly can explore it i'm done with this game i don't think there's anything wrong with that like kind of i think games have that like i don't think there are that many games out there that have just endless you know replayability except for the lighter games where there's like more luck involved i think those ones kind of tend to but you don't play them a ton you know, another game I think of that I enjoy playing online as opposed to the physical version, Ark Nova. Ark Nova has, it d- takes care of all the little accounting. I should try that one. I might enjoy it more if I played it online. Because, yeah, I've kind of, I, the game is so long. I don't enjoy playing it because it's so long. It can be a longer game, even if you're playing, the, but that's the thing, you know, that's what I like about turn-based games. Because the other thing that we haven't really touched on in board game arena is we play turn-based we don't necessarily play a ton of live well, at least i don't i will on occasion sit down and play some live games specifically like seven wonders for example i'll just play five or six games of it and then be done but when it comes specifically to the way we interact with board game arena it's turn-based so you take a turn for let you know set it and forget it you know ronco food dehydrator you know it's done that's out of out of my mind until i get an email saying hey you got to turn, come back. The downfall of that is a game like Lost Runes of Arnak. I love that game. I've played it online a decent amount and I've enjoyed it. The problem I have is that game is so tight when it comes to resources. You need to be very specific about what you're doing in order to get the things you need. I will come back to it and be like, dang it, what was I doing? I need an arrowhead, and I knew I could get it. Like, how how did I think I could get it? Mm-hmm. You got to, like, redo that whole thing again. I have to rethink about it, about where I'm getting this thing. And then if I don't see it, I'm just like, ah, whatever. I'll just take a move. Yeah. I don't. I definitely don't play optimally when I play online. I play quickly. I just do things. And, and so it's fun when you can find a game that you can, like, optimally play, I think, and not just be like, oh, whatever. I'll just do things. But. Also, just doing things is a fine way to learn a game, too. Yeah. I will say we're in a game of Earth with our little group. Man, I thought that one would be quick because it's simultaneously mm. played, but the way they, they they divide it up, where you you can you take your action, once your action's done, once everyone's action's done, then everyone can then go through and do all of their like ab- special abilities. Like, why it's is that combined slog. into one turn? Drives me nuts. There's no reason. Is such a slog, and I hate it. It's so that's really a game I'm not gonna. Yeah, I'm not gonna play that online. I'm just not. I think there, you, there's probably there might be settings in which you can manipulate how how the game progresses. But yeah, you take you pick an action, everyone takes it. Okay, then you can activate your cards. At this, I'm gonna tell you this right now. In the game we're playing, at this point, if it's an action that somebody else has picked and I'm taking, I'm going to pick the thing that has the least amount of resistance. So the least amount of clicks, that's the one I'm picking. And then when it comes to activating my cards at this point, I'm literally skipping every single one because I'm just done. Because I just don't care. 
it's it's taking too long to take that game. So at this point, it's just skip, 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 skip. Like I'm not taking any sort of actions. Just I'm done because it's it's such a slog, and that game shouldn't be. It's it goes back to that tabletop simulator example of playing Azul. We played a game of Azul, and it took us like an hour and fifteen minutes. <laughs> You know, like an hour and a half because we had to manipulate all the pieces. It oh, I was don't, not going to. I, I don't like it too when I ask you, like, do you want to spend compost to do this action? You're like, I don't have any compost. Obviously, I'm not going to do it. I, I think games, like the way that they're implemented, they need to be smart and know that if I don't have the resources, I can't do the action. So don't offer me the action. And I don't like that in Hadrian's Wall where it asked me what type of worker I want to use when I can use one of two workers. But I only have one of those workers. Why are you asking me that? drives me up the wall. And I think that's just like poorly designed implementations. It yeah, and I'm trying to see. I don't think Earth is in beta or alpha or anything like that. I think it's just like legit. And they've they improve. They improve on some of the games, but man. So it just yeah, I don't know. Even a game like Castles of Burgundy I like playing online mm-hmm. because especially if you're playing four players, you take your turn, and most of the time, you don't know what is going to be available to you until it comes back to you. So something like that is, okay, I have this two dice. What do I have available? Okay, I'm going to make my, take my turn. Done. I would say that's a great way to summarize what plays well. Games that are really reactive where you don't have a lot of pre-planning. Yep. You know, because you don't have to remember that when you do turn-based games. And I think the lesson is really, like, it depends on how the game is implemented, and I also... Just because you play it online and don't like it doesn't mean you won't like the physical version. And just because you don't like the physical version doesn't mean you won't like the online version. They're they're very different and they feel very different. And you can enjoy one version and not the other. So I think it I've I've heard people like give reviews based on like an online game. And I'm like, I don't think that's very a, a good way to look at it. You know, you might play Earth online and be like, I don't like this game, but doesn't mean you won't like it in person. Yeah, I like Earth. Like I said in my review of it, I that is what I wanted Wingspan to be, that game. And uh, it's such a slog. I just, I'm over it. Where Wingspan, I find the game itself such a slog. When Especially if you play like four or five players, it's a slog. But online, I don't mind. Because it's fast. You take a turn and it's like you said, you're not worrying about what other people are doing. You're not mm-hmm. necessarily constantly... You can think about your next turn, but when it comes back to you, like very little has changed for you. Maybe yeah. the display of cards, maybe the food, but at that Earth point, is... you're not making decisions based on what's there right now. Anyway, you're making the decisions when it's your turn. Yeah, where Earth, you have to click like so many buttons: click, 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 click. What is it? And the click, click, click some more, and then you're clicking again, and then a little bit, so many clicks. Yeah, I wouldn't Ugh. play it. And it doesn't play well on your phone because it's, you've got the Tableau and you're bored. Man, I love that game. But yeah, it's 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 not a great one to play online. No, probably not. What's nice is once you get through some of those games, you just start kind of like understanding, all right, these are the games I actually enjoy playing online. And these are games that I'd much rather play in person. Yeah. Because it just yeah. like, Earth shouldn't take that long. It should, it you, you know, take a game like, Welcome to, I play a lot online. It is my favorite roll and write game is Welcome to. For whatever reason, that's the one that I love. I've played it so many times, but that's the thing. You get online or whatever, and everyone takes their turn because it's simultaneous. 
as soon as it's your turn, you we all have the same option of what to pick. I think simultaneous play games are just super easy. Railroad Inc. has another one. You, you just everyone's playing at the same time. So that's a great one. That is, uh, I don't like Railroad Inc. But when we've been playing it online, I'm like, man, I, I kind of like this. This is fun. I don't like playing it in real life because it's hard to keep track of your die. Did I use that die? Did I not use the die? Because you can't just sort of because everybody's yep. using those same die. So you can't just like set them aside. Like I used this one, but you know, Bob didn't. Um, and I don't like drawing it all out. It looks super messy, but online it's awesome. And you always get to do two turns in a row. You take your turn, do up all these dice, and then it'll really roll the next one. So you play that, and then you wait for everybody else to do that round, and then you go in again. Usually you can do two at a time, so that's fun. It's a great online game. Well, the only reason why you get to play two at a time is because you're the last one to play, because you're the slowest of all of us online. How does that make you feel, that you're the slowest player player online in our little little circle? Feel good? It's turn-based. Right, and you're always the last one to take your turn. No, it lets you go to the next one as soon as you're done, like Whatever. It doesn't matter. <laughs> not the point. The point is, <laughs> I didn't here. think I liked that game. And then I've been playing it online. And I'm like, no, this is a lot of fun. I just don't like playing the physical version. I 100% agree with your opinion on Railroad Inc. I bought the physical version and I got rid of it almost instantly. I played it twice and said, this isn't for me and got rid of it. I enjoy playing it online. And it might be exactly what you said is... It takes, I don't have to worry about what dice I didn't or did not use. It just takes care of it for me. Oh, that dice is already used. It's blanked out. Okay, cool. I'll move on to the next die. Yeah. And you can like draw things and like go back, erase it. Like you can take your time and nobody's over there judging you about erasing and then like losing track of like, oh, oops, was this the one that I just played? It's just, it, it takes care of all of the bookkeeping in a really nice, clean way. Yeah. It it eliminates the Natasha turn for sure. Yeah, yeah. So moral of the story is, I think, uh, I you know, online gameplay is never going to take away in-person games. I think there's a yep. lot of games that are so much better in person. But yep. online great gaming is great too. It's great if you don't have a library, a large library. It's a great way to play games. It's a great way to play if you're not in a place in your life where you can play around other people that much you know maybe you you've got young kids so playing games is really hard online is a great way you can you can fit gaming into your busy day it's great i think both have a lot of merit and a lot of value and and i love that i enjoy games online more than some of them i play in person and vice versa and i think you know finding the ones that you like in both areas is is the fun part i guess I like how, yeah, I like how the everything's expanding and the idea of playing board games is growing more than just physically sitting down playing it. COVID, you know, really sparked the online gameplay and I think that really pushed a lot of people to start playing games online. I know at one point our group, since we weren't getting together, we would hop on Discord and play games online just so we could have that same sort of interaction. And I love how much how much everything's grown. Like Board Game Arena has grown so much and there's so many new games getting put out on there. There's so many different like games you can get on, let's say, Yukata versus that. You know, even the tabletop simulators and tabletopias of the word world, I think it's cool to see how a 
analog type thing, like a physical playing a physical board game has moved digitally, but still has kept the things that I like about board games still like captures that. If that makes sense. Yeah. We're in the golden age of board gaming. Golden age, baby. It's going to come crashing down in like four years. No. Prob- no, no yeah, no, probably, probably not. I don't know. They just released so many damn games. I don't mm-hmm. need 5,000. That means they're making money. They're, people are buying them. Are they, though? Are they? You sure about that? You Maybe sure it'll about crash, that? but then we'll get all... I don't know. If if the, if it crashed now and board games were, never, were no longer profitable and people stopped making board games, we would be fine. We would still have enough games to play for the rest of our life. Probably. I don't think it I don't think the crash of board game isn't gonna be all of a sudden there's nobody who's making board games anymore. If there would be a crash of board games, it's gonna of the board gaming industry, there's gonna be a bunch of the little companies just go under because they just can't get enough market share. Like you'll still have the big, big quote unquote, you know, board game companies, but a lot of the little mm-hmm. ones will probably go away. That's what you'd end up seeing. Like yeah. those ones, or they would get absorbed by Asmodee. They just buy them, you know. Which is that's great. Like you gotta put if you want to make money off your board game, it needs to be decent. Yeah, so, you know, you gotta be picky. All right. Well, thanks for listening to our shenanigans. Join us again next week. Please help us out by giving us a review and liking us on Instagram or Facebook, and send us any comments or questions to boardgameshenanigans at gmail.com. Thanks, everyone. See you next week. <laughs>